<laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, what is it? Just like hi everyone, welcome to the. I guess so. I don't know. Okay, right. Look, me, 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 and David have been friends for four years, and uh, we used to do a radio show at university. Um, so we were, we were, we were used to having an intro, and we had a structure that we were used to then as well. And the show intro would sort of play, and we then introduce ourselves and get on with the show. This is something brand new, and we're also not doing it live, so we're taking pre-recorded liberties, but we also don't have an intro to play us in. Yeah, I guess. So, so welcome. Um, yeah. To the Morphism podcast. Morphism? Yay. Morphology. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a morphology po- podcast. Morphism yeah. sounds good, though. So, I guess, so yeah. basically, the, um, the the structure of the show is going to be Luca takes a noun. Yeah. Uh, so just any day-to-day object. For example, it might be a wall. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be taking either an adjective or a verb mm. to go along with it it's a bit like mad libs i guess where you kind of me, me and dave have a very you know interesting sense of humor as i'm sure listeners will begin to find out but it's just like the the idea of putting together two words that don't go together and, and just like just the, so so let's just stick with the wall concept yeah. so let's say luca chose the word wall mm-hmm. and i chose the word like flying so like what well, like, what the hell is a flying <laughs> wall like what why would know. a flying wall exist like, what's then... the purpose for example <laughs> and bear in mind as well we don't know we don't know anything about what each other have chosen yeah, to be the so, word exactly i've had my uh word for like a week now and you've had your adjective or whatever but um, for a couple of yeah yeah so yeah you google flying wall and there's a few pictures of birds there's a picture of minecraft huge flying wall <laughs> i really don't know what you'd need a huge flying wall for in minecraft <laughs> That's not, like, how do you even program that like how, how does like someone think about honestly okay, i don't right. know but like i'm not i used to play it like back in the day and i'm not really up to date with all the new things i've added but the picture just looks like nonsense it looks like minesweeper or something there's i just don't get it i'm not up to date with these kids games you know yeah that's that'll be the uh the main sort of concept of the show but we've also got a few side segments where i'll be going through <laughs> nicknames so what really weird nicknames i can find of like sports teams of famous people yeah. um, or just like games for example yeah so when we were discussing the idea for the show um <clears throat> the other week I was researching things to do with words in general because I guess I guess this is what this, this podcast is intended to be it's like literally about words and everything to do with words and obviously words make up everything our language something you're sitting on the chair will have a name something you're drinking has a name it's all to do with words so we kind of want to delve into that with like an entertaining twist and a bit of like information as well so I came across onyms the suffix like onyms so you've got like toponyms synonyms is, is probably the obvious one synonyms antonyms yeah exactly so I figured that every week I would find a list of onyms and just find some interesting things about it and do like a little spin on that so I've done the research and I've got a few bits to talk about some of the stuff I found out was actually quite interesting and one of them I went down a little rabbit hole about and I, I couldn't believe like what I learned about that and also like a weird coincidence as well I guess do you want to we'll kick things off then yeah all right yeah let's uh let's go through it so I'll go <laughs> I'll go through my word yeah. which right. I found the first word for the morphology podcast is stupendous <laughs> oh, so, so so obviously the word stupendous right it usually connotates to like size, so how how big or great something is. But the other meaning is obviously like to be stunned if if like um something is so stupendous that mm. like you are like the impact is that someone else is uh, amazed or stunned by it. Yeah. Um, 
so so those are two sorts of um definitions of the word um too the... stupendous is like i never use stupendous in a day-to-day setting and i feel like if i'm going to call something stupendous like that has to be like, it would really, have to yeah it has, it has right to be. it's like I, i'll say like oh you know every day i'm like oh something's amazing well wow that's mm. that's brilliant but i don't think I've, i rarely say wow that's stupendous mm. So the um so yeah like like you said it's sort of like self-defining right the way that we use the word is just like it it the, the occasion would have to be stupendous in order to use the word stupendous. I don't even know um, what could happen for me to call it stupendous. There there are loads of words to use, but I really can't imagine what would happen for me to go that was just stupendous. I think as like as well like the 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 connotations for me at least when I was looking up the word. Is that like it would have to be like a like quite yeah. grand in terms of class was like the connotation I got. Okay, let's say there was like a football match and like the game was great, and then like someone did a celebration and it was literally like a knee slide. Like no one's yeah. gonna go. That's a stupendous knee slide, you know. No. Stupendous would be more like um, like the artwork is stupendous. It just depends on the moment. It just depends how sort of like visceral. Mm. And reactive you are because i know that i've definitely at times like initially reacted to something like oh my god that's that's the best thing i've ever seen and then like yeah looking back on it okay it really but, 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 mind blowing. <laughs> but then but then thinking about that is that why don't we use the word stupendous like it's because like i think i just think you know it's just um, firstly okay honestly i think it's like a bit of an awkward word to say like amazing mm. astounding brilliant they kind of roll off the tongue but i think stupendous is just a bit too much like stupendous that's just like weird there's not many words that have that sort of structure to it i mean and when i think of stupendous i think of stupid and i can't mm. think of many other words that begin stupid like that that actually that actually brings me on quite nicely so the first thing that i i, I would point out is that the the, the um, first known use of the word stupendous was in 1618 that sort of thing always reminds me of the meme like you know when like stairs were invented in 1716 oh, yeah. or something and like people before 1716 like what do they do they just like it's just a <laughs> one floor yeah. like everything is just so flat so uh, lift, the, maybe. yeah probably um, escalators <laughs> and they were like oh what about stairs yeah the escalator um, broke down and they were like oh sweet <laughs> So it just walked up in so, so yeah, like like you said, like the, the word stupendous actually does come from the word stupid. Really? Wow. The, the the original Latin is stupor, S-T-U-P-O-R, which which is which connotates to to stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is my, my thought process was that uh, like, like we use it in a in a sense that um because we are so stunned by something, right? We are like put into silence or uh, yeah. we're so shocked by it. But the original meaning of the word is that like you're so like stunned because you are you are just like unable to yeah I guess to, it's to actually word. use your brain and yeah like coherently explain how you are feeling or like or what's going on. It's just funny how how, how the word stu- stupid and stupid has turned rather stupidly changed itself into something I guess a positive word. It connotates something something grand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is interesting about <laughs> like how words evolve and develop over time. And I think yeah. that's definitely something we can look at in future episodes is like word mm. evolution and how words mean something or were or began as something when, when they originated mm. and then become something completely different a hundred years later or hundreds of years later. Uh, so basically the word stupor derived stupor, which is the uh, mm. like the original Latin form, it means obsolete or dull. So from there we got like stupid, like you are like oh, dull, you're obsolete, dull. and like stupefy to, to, to like make someone stupid, and like stupendous obviously is to be stunned. 
So yeah. it sort of means the same thing. Right. And then w- when I was looking at different languages as well, super in like the Russian pronunciation, mm. um, is a it, it, in in a medical sense it means to be in a depressed state. Wow. Um, so you pretty much means the opposite. Yeah, yeah, right. And like the word stupid as well. Like mm. if you're just lying like on a medical bed yeah. and like you're injected with um anesthetic, you are literally in a you're in a like a stupid state yeah. <laughs> or like you're in a stupendous <laughs> state because you're like wow. so stunned by the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're just like if you were in like position where you needed to um mm. to have anesthetic and yeah. you just your reaction is wow, this yeah. anesthetic is stupendous. <laughs> The really funny thing that I came across was it was it's a su- superhero called Stupendous Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. What the hell? And, and so, what, what does he do? What's, what's his so, power? So, well, the funny thing is that he he has like no power. He has no superpowers. <laughs> but he has been seen to like fly around and sort of like do things. He doesn't concretely have any powers, but he's been pictured flying. And then he, um, so the reason he became a superhero was because his babysitter sent him to bed. <laughs> so, so he just like, he just became a superhero. Can you imagine just being sent to bed and just like going, oh, you know what? <laughs> this is my reaction. Yeah. It's to like, become a know, superhero. It reminds me of like Captain Underpants a little bit. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> yeah. Except this this superhero literally has no superpower. He no. just he's just he's just like everyone frustrated by like the outcome of something. Yeah. To be called stupendous man as well, like the connotations yeah. being like it's from like the word stupid. Man. And like just being knocked back by something, like he's so stunned at yeah. being sent to bed <laughs> that he just turns into a superhero. So yeah, that's uh that's my word, stupendous. So stupendous. Okay, so we're gonna call one one of our concepts for the show entitling the episode was that when we put our two words together, that'd be the title. So the title of this episode is stupendous cereal. <laughs> cereal as in as in cornflakes or whatever you want to call it so that that really reminds me of um the boxer that um that says stupendous confectionery he he was on gogglebox or something and he just goes oh um oh yeah because it got quoted by it it? stupendous confectionery would you like a sweetie a sweetie i'll take a smile neither smarties a absolutely stupendous confectioner. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, c- cereal, which is, I guess it would be, like, is that something that you, like, like okay. this man is, like... When what, he wakes up in the that? morning... Oh, I don't know, I just closed it. When he wakes um, up in the morning, I wonder if he eats his cereal and goes, oh, it's stupendous, stupendous cereal. cereal. Maybe he, every, like, sweet treat that he has, yeah. he just goes, oh, Chris, wow, Chris, this Chris, is... Chris Eubank. Oh, Chris Eubank, of course. Um... <laughs> just he's just sunbite cereal yeah. um so yeah cereal obviously being a noun like there's not much etymology to it basically it is named after Ceres who is the uh Roman goddess of agriculture which I found really interesting Roman mythology is um has a deep lore to it and you know you've got like I think Mars you've got Hermes Aphrodite I think 
Venus, stuff like that, you know, and they've all got meanings now where because they're the god of something, words like that are now mm. like related to them. So yeah, sorry, it's goddess of agriculture, grain crops, fertility, and motherly relationships, which is kind of interesting because cereal is taken from her, but then you've also got sort of fertility and that in the mix. I've never sort of considered mm. cereal to be an aphrodisiac or anything like that. I, I, I guess as well, like that sort of looks like because it's like the first, like cereal is the first meal of the day. Like I guess you can get some some sort of like yeah, and motherly relationships. I guess if your mum yeah. makes a cereal, then nice. yeah, and like that's just like when, a, when you're young, I guess, unless you're like the, ca- the caring nature as well. But it's just. Yeah, cereal in general, I mean, it's just one of the best things in human history, really, isn't it? Because I think agriculture was like, I think one of the first things that humans did was grow grain and crops. It's the easiest thing for them to farm, and it gave us bread, you know, and flour. Mm. And I think bread and flour is literally the building blocks of so many cultures i mean india you know have used flowers for centuries probably even millennium mm. to make um is it poppadoms or naan bread that's made just, oh, yeah, just yeah. flour exactly yeah. italy literally flour for pizza so and i, I guess think... it's just it's just like, it's like the whole like farming culture of um of europe is so like so yeah ba- and based actually, around that and that's what I, helped I, um in my opinion i guess far- farming culture is obviously what helped build civilizations and establish mm. trade routes and mm you know it's like oh i've got my farm and i'm making bread and i want to trade you for some cattle you know i'll give you all this grain mm. for cattle and that's how trader is established and like relationships between civilizations like you could argue that the first sort of politics and all that could have come from cereal and stuff like that people would have been trading their grain (laughs) and it's like oh i don't want to trade with you because you've got him in your group and i prefer him because he's nicer and blah 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 yeah can you imagine like in today's (laughs) society like just going around just like trading cereals like i think it's interesting i honestly think concepts like that are so interesting because it goes to the whole structure that money is a man-made concept money is yeah money isn't real you know mm. and time isn't real yeah i know right <laughs> so, so it's like you said like what if we evolved to think that like sit like cereal and like the first meal of the day was like the be all and end all of of like that that's what we value the most and, and we could actually yeah. access and like physically give it to someone else One so day, like, that's, that's how it was like i mean it could be like today that let's say that i think jobs and culture would be so different because there'll be a lot mm. more labor jobs you know if, mm. if if grain was still at the forefront of civilization and trading then there'd be a lot more grain farmers okay i've got i've got um 10 loaves of bread and i've got two bags of grain and oh i really need some milk and bacon for breakfast and coffee so i'm gonna go to the shop and give them a bag of grain it'd still be like that i don't need grain yeah yeah there would be an abundance of it and i guess that's how it mm. all develops into oh well, i've got something different so let me give you this instead and they're like oh okay and then i guess mm. down the line they were like look I don't want your bread. I don't want your pigs. I don't want your milk or butter. I'm kind of sick of all this. Oh, that silver and jewelry you've got is nice. And someone was probably yeah. like, oh, hang on a minute. I've got a pretty good idea. What if I just like cut off bits of silver and give that to you? And it's like a currency denomination. I guess that's where we what, get coins. What I think is really interesting as well is that currency is gold and things. Mm. It's sort of been put on us as like a value. Why does everyone in the in the world value currency? Like, why do we not trade in mugs and like things like that? Well, I guess and, because like ceramics are, like cereal. so easy to come by. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah but, like, what, then, but then world. food then, food and drink. Why do we not like trade in that? Do you know, it's it's sort of like a one way system. Like consumers trade money, but shopkeepers they do trade. Like a shopkeeper will trade their mm. their grain and goods for like a like a baker. You know, like a proper mm. traditional baker will will still procure the grain and bake the bread, and they'll trade their yeah. bread for money. But then they just use yeah. the money to 
buy other things. They they don't trade their bread for like. I, I, I guess maybe I'm thinking about that wrong. Like money is like the inter. Like you can just exchange it for anything rather than yeah. people attaching money, like value to money. Maybe that's yeah, why we attach the value to money. But I just wanted to pick up as well, like you said about it being Roman cereal just sounds like a really like European, like a Eurocentric sort of yeah, I, like concept. concept. I learned in um in one of my modules that because so because Euro- Europe is like the landscape continent, whereas like North and South America are like vertical. In yeah. Europe, we ha- we have consistent farming, so everyone in Europe farms, right? Yeah, because like that's North and South America. Like, I mean, North America is like pretty much largely mm. uninhabited for centuries, whilst Europe had all these countries, smaller countries, trading with each other and ship routes and stuff. I mean, I think America only got colon like uh, discovered, or was it Christopher Columbus? You know, sailed to yeah. the world was like what the fourteen hundreds, and think about mm. how much that was like when North America had been sort of discovered or whatever. But then think and, about how much of a head start Europe had already had by that point. The European like climate is perfect for like mm. farming and like you said, like getting wheat um, mm. and grain. The word cereal comes from obviously the Roman god because it's like it is all European. Yeah, um, exactly. And like because our farming techniques are so like focused on grain and like agriculture, like you said, um, yeah, it's like so easy for us to just like you know att- attach the the meaning of like the god of agriculture to like cereal and it makes you wonder is that what like was the first cereal and like did they put it with milk and like things like that i reckon it probably came from i think we probably had porridge oats before cereal maybe one day someone decided to have them hard and thought oh this is all right but like, then you've got to think like, like is porridge cereal like that's another no like, no question. not but por- porridge is like from oats it, and i guess oats yeah, are so, cereal aren't they because cere- <laughs> cere- we, we, we think of cereal okay so when i thought of the word cereal I thought of like cereal as in like cornflakes, but now we're talking about it. And Wikipedia defines it. A cereal is any grass cultivated for the edible components of its grain, you know? So porridge, I, porridge oats are... Technically is a cereal, cereal. Yeah, by but definition. then we think of cereal as cornflakes and stuff like that. Yeah. When I Googled stupendous cereal, one of the images that come <laughs> up was someone with a Tony the Tiger tattoo, which is just stupid. And whoever got that is an idiot. To reach his own. <laughs> why, why? Why does that mean so much to them? Like, no, why, why is why, what, why? as well? Why is why has Frosties like stupendified some stupendified as, as like caused such a like stupendous reaction? I don't know. Like to someone that they can get a tattoo. Like, they're so they're so stunned even, by it. Tattoo isn't that good to be honest. But back to cereal and Ceres. Ceres, the Roman goddess. Uh, her name. Wait, is it a she? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, she's a goddess. Her name actually comes from the Proto-Italic Ceres, which is from which which is from um oh god, it just goes so deep. Proto-Indo-European keros, which means nourishment, which is a deriv- derivative of the root care, which means to feed. So mm. literally we're going so so far back. And the word cereal as we know it today has had a thousands year old meaning of to feed. And I think that's really cool that it's kept that meaning. And that's that's what's so good about words that are in the English language now that have developed from, you know, ancient Roman, ancient, mm. you know, Indian, European, is that they still keep the same root word. I think food mm. and meals are sort of like a phenomenon that have like really only kicked off over the last like thousand years. Because if you think about it, in its time, like food was just a necessity, you know, you hunted to kill. And then people discovered how to cultivate crops. And I think grain, a lot of farmers, all they had to put together was grain and milk. So it's not a surprise mm. to me that they really quickly decided to, oh, okay, let's let's boil these grains and they make porridge, or let's put the, the oats in the milk and make cereal. But yeah. um, 
obviously grains are like some of the cheapest things to get and to farm and to to buy and sell so it's just mm. been the staple for pretty much any culture you know rich or poor yeah even the poorest people you know you've got things like gruel and just cheap porridge oats but it's still porridge oats and it just feels it, feeds every single person and i think that's amazing it'd be really interesting to, to think like what sort of like what's do, do you know what i mean by the cereal equivalent so like like so like as we were saying like it's um cereal is based on agriculture and like the the wheat aspect right in like colder climates for example and hotter climates they don't have the access to the agriculture so what was their like cereal i guess um i suppose in asia it must have been like rice so the word cereal is like so eurocentric so what yeah, is the absolutely. word but i guess for, like, like cereal like, in other climates like it's, it's just such an interesting thing to think about i guess in africa yeah. and like warmer continents yeah that's a good um, point actually i suppose like, like again you, like fruit and animals and, and stuff as well. or, or, or maybe even it's just like um like drink as well mm. so like coffee for example in south america bananas for example yeah definitely where they were quick to grow that's why yeah i think i think fruit definitely a more tropical country which, fruit and vegetable which as well is so interesting because if, if you go abroad now like especially mm. to france and um like the central europe I, I, don't, I don't like using the word central european because that's a word that's like a completely can of worms <laughs> yeah. but um so like you i guess like in the center of europe or what? i mean like germany france oh, okay. um i guess the netherlands mm. they all have sort of meat as well for breakfast so you they come out with like a like a a tray of like hams and things that you put with cheese and bread i could never imagine i mean apart from maybe bacon so then you just think they've taken the word cereal and Mm. like like how how has that like turned from like um agriculture and like the creation of oats and porridge and then again to like cereals and things how is how have we gone from that that version of what a cereal is to like the wider breakfast people yeah. decided okay cereal we can eat and we need to eat to live and eat to move on and then as people started experimenting with food as a sort of pleasure rather than necessity then they decided yeah, okay, that's, what, I think- what, what other nice foods can we get because again like first cereal grains um were domesticated uh, sorry again just reading wikipedia the fact that they say domesticated makes me laugh because when i think of domestication i think of like domesticating like wolves and cats so i can't think of you're just training oh, like yeah, a bowl of training, cereal training the cereal <laughs> you've got you've got it like in the lead and stuff and yeah, it's just exactly. spilling out wild cereal yeah um yeah eight thousand years ago domesticated by ancient farming communities in the fertile crescent region which is today oh that's actually really interesting the fertile crescent region is what is now um iraq syria lebanon israel palestine jordan and egypt but then again Mm. egypt is quite close to europe so i can see how that must have like traveled over that's why like the Suez Canal yeah 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 the Suez Canal is like so important yeah Yeah. and a connection to Africa too for that for that and um, the Mediterranean access yeah so I guess that's how it like sort of spreads all over the world you've you've got to have had like boats as well for the trade exports to work so so cereal would would have only been like a really late discovery for a lot of the population of the world yeah who are just getting by eating their own things I'm gonna look into that and find out what other cultures did you know what I thought that was all interesting and stupendous so stupendous (laughs) cereal there you have it um that is perfect what's your favorite cereal i really like i love i've literally loved cheerios from the moment i think one of my favorite quotes right from you'll know it's from one of my favorite tv shows peep show oh yeah is that um 
Frosties are just cornflakes for people who can't handle the real world. Because <laughs> you know, like like frosties are literally just cornflakes, just yeah, like dumped in like sugar, sugar, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just find that so fun because and just like everything is like sugar coated with cereal as well. Oh, no. Whereas, like we've said, like porridge is like the old like the essential breakfast. Absolutely. Um, just, just just quickly, can you can you hear my washing machine in the background? Yeah, kind of, but I don't think it's too much of a problem. I'm back. I really think that sugar on cereal is just horrible. I think it's unnecessary. Yeah, it just just makes my teeth like hurt. And I think cereal is just meant to be like a nice staple start to the day. And I think adding cereal to it just has such bad connotations for the rest of the day. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't like load your start of the day with sugar because then it will probably just make you crave sugar for the rest of the day. Do you know? Um, I've seen these things like going around on like social media when mm. they say things like, um, you know, the people who wake up and like can just drink like Red Bull like straight away. Oh, God, Do you know? It's just it's just so it. like yeah, exactly right. My body is not ready for like that amount of yeah. sugar. It's so unhealthy for yeah, me literally. to be consuming that much sugar so early in the day. How could you wake yeah. up and think I need a cigarette? It's horrible. Mm. And I like toast as well. I think it's just like Do you not just like the toast? perfect. I know. Oh, I know. Right, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's like a perfect breakfast. Yeah, I literally love it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I had toast this morning. I was gonna have um, scrambled eggs on toast, but I decided to just fold it into mm. the sandwich. It's so, it's so interesting as well, like that the world has come up with a suitable breakfast, a coffee for breakfast, a tea for breakfast, like a hot drink. It's become not it's essential, but like it's, it's what it's what people yeah, want. Like orange juice and stuff like that. And, and like cereal, like we've been saying, is like, it's the European export. So I guess meat as well must have been what they had for breakfast in colder countries. Yeah, I guess so. But, so then you've got yeah. the combination of like meat from colder countries, mm. the cereal from the agricultural European countries, yeah. and then coffee and teas from China and the coffee from like South America as well. Stupendous go, cereal, everyone. Stupendous cereal. Absolutely. And I can't welcome to episode we... one. Yeah, welcome to Stupendous Cereal. I can't wait to see what we come up with next week. Okay, so should we move on to our next Yeah. Da, da, da. Would you like to begin with nicknames or do you want me to go with eponyms? Uh, I don't mind going first. I'll go, okay. I'll go first now. So, um, so... The nickname that I found was for Italian football side Cervo Verona. I'm not going to tell the uh, the nickname. I'm just sort of just going to tell the story of like the club's history. The the, the nickname in Italian, you might be able to guess this actually, is a uh, Musi Volanti. Musi Volanti. I'm half Italian, <laughs> by the way, but I don't speak Italian, so I don't I don't know. Much. The club was founded in, founded in 1929, and they were competing in amateur football before they were finally accepted as part of the um, Italian Footballing Association. Yeah. Um, and they were placed in the seventh tier of Italian football. The war happened in the in the 40s, and sort of like yeah. reconstruction meant that they were they had to be like rebranded as a club, and they basically were eventually. Like placed in mm. like professional football, as I said, yeah. in the seventh tier. Eventually, they gained a promotion into the fourth tier, and then throughout the the mid seventies, that that was their like their their rise from like mm. the seventh tier to the fourth tier, which is the Serie D. And then by the nineties, Javo win made it to the Serie B, which is like I guess a, a like it is still ma- maintained as like professional football. Mm. I guess you would have it as like your full time job if you were. Maybe not in the um, the mid nineties, but this is where they first met their their rivals. So they they sort of didn't know who their rivals were. They're a new team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in forty nine and twenty nine, sorry, and they finally met. <laughs> the um, they finally pl- they played their first game against Hellas Verona, which is the, Verona, another yeah. Verona team. So it's sort oh, of the, yeah. the the two teams in the same city, and they both. 
they um they both play in blue and yellow. Yeah, and, actually, oh and the original nickname for uh for Chievo was if I can find it, is this the um Gaiolo Blue, which is like the, the yellow and blues basically. They they ended up playing Hellas Verona's. And obviously they were both like just going like come on the yellow and blues. Why are they just <laughs> Well, well, hang on, this is where it um, changes. Mm. And basically, because Hellas Verona was the, the dominant team in Verona, they, they came up with a song which roughly, in the, in the mid-90s, roughly translated to English as Donkeys Will Fly Before Chievo are in the Serie A. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> um, so, so, like, it was a play on words, I guess, of... I guess it will be the Italian version of like, you know, pigs could fly. Basically, after the mid 90s, Chievo went on like a, a really like big winning streak. Yeah, right. Um, so they were rising up the leagues and they, they gained promotion to um, the Serie A in, um, yeah. I think it was 2001 or 2002. Yeah. They made their debut in what is now the Europa League in 2003. Yeah. By 2008, they basically accidentally made it into the, um, the Champions League, into oh, like the qualifying round of the Champions League that. because of. It's, it's because of they. I think they finished like eighth. I, I'm not really too sure what happened, but there was like. Is it the scandal that um, you yeah, got th- relegated I think so. and all that? Yeah, so they. Yeah, I think, oh, okay. I think so. What so, was that so called? They, uh, Cal- 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 was it called? I think I think I think it is Cal- because there was a mass massive scandal. Yeah, yeah. Calciopoli um, was a scandal of football fixing. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Exactly. So 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 literally by chance they made it into like the Champions League. Yeah. Um, and throughout this time, Chievo changed their nickname uh, to the Flying Donkeys. That's amazing! Oh my god! <laughs> Literally, because hell? because like Hellas Verona started calling them, like started saying donkeys will fly before Chievo and in, and in the Serie A. That's amazing. So they I literally just like took so they took took the nickname on yeah. and just started calling themselves the Flying Donkeys. So like, can you imagine going to a football match and just go, like? You know, come on the flying donkeys. Yeah, like, yeah that's, especially that's in cool England. Like, yeah, exactly. Especially because it's such a new football club, and like the rivalry as well is so fresh. Yeah. It's such a troll move against the rival fans. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and what the things that came to mind for me were like, imagine Hellas Verona fans like chanting that, thinking they were like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> just just for like seven years later, for like the team to come back and just go yeah you know what we're actually in the Serie A now and like yeah. competing and they're like oh come on the flying donkeys I, I found it really funny as well like can you imagine like thinking of like that chant as a Hellas Verona fan like just yeah. going like what what can we do to like take the mickey yeah it's just and then they end up taking it and oh, it's good yeah, that they like... managed to like take it and turn it into I know time. but like yeah. I, I, as, a, as a fan like who who start who's who started saying donkeys will fly before you get into yeah. the Serie A like who thought of like that song I know <laughs> And the other thing that I thought about was, like, can you imagine, like, in the age of social media, like, if we, if if we sort of just move social media's presence in the sport back a little bit, and if it was present in the mid '90s, like, you know, yeah. like flying donkeys trendy on Twitter and like things like that, yeah, yeah, like, and 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 just like just like the um the attention that gets around, mm. especially during Shabo's prominent years in the two yeah. thousands, um. They actually got relegated last year oh, to, to Serie. Uh, I think was it last year or two years ago? I think it was two years ago actually. Mm. Um, 
and then they finished sixth again this year. So like they're they're literally oh, yeah, on, they're the, Serie, on the border. But they they enjoyed six uh, successive seasons in Syria. Like I said, making their really debuts where, in Europe. Where are their rivals? Where are Hellas for enough? Oh, I think I think they're still in the Syria. But as well, what like does that make them now? Like the donkeys rather than the flying donkeys, yeah, the sitting donkeys, the land, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, like, the, do they the just like change donkeys. their nickname because they're not doing, the yeah, <laughs> yeah? Because I don't, I can't think of there's not like any English teams that have their nickname as like, oh, yeah, we're successful, like, as their nickname, you know, yeah, it's interesting. Right. Like I said, English football, it's all just like nicknames of heritage or what they are, you know. Mm. Like, imagine if if West Ham were like, I don't know, the 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 amazing, the stupendous hammers. <laughs> like, like, you know, you, you call West Ham the Irons. Like, if, yeah. if, if they were doing really well, like, what if they just started calling, like, the, the aluminium or just, like, the or come on the tins yeah. or, like, something like that. Just, like, changing the name yeah. just because, like, they're doing bad. And I just thought that was so funny. Like, really funny. just, just really picturing, like, the fans, well. like, yeah. going, cool story, oh, come on the donkeys. <laughs> right, go on. What's yours? So I've come up with, I didn't come up with, this has existed for a long time, but um, I researched eponyms, which are things named after other things, <laughs> which I thought was really interesting. Oh, I literally love that so much. Yeah. I know, but did, did my research, obviously. One of the first recorded cases of eponymy was in the second millennium BC, right, when Assyrians named each year after a high official. And I just thought that's so interesting. So they didn't have 2010, 2011. Their years were named after whoever was in charge oh, at that time. Because I think I think their year, I think their leaders only had a tenure of one year. So I was just thinking, mm. imagine if we did that. Like, oh, do you remember last year during a Theresa or Theresa May? You know, like <laughs> the, the years yeah. after that. But then obviously it's different because we have five years per leader. But yeah. still, Boris two, Theresa, Boris three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boris two, electric boogaloo. Oh, it'd be, it'd be ridiculous. oh man, yeah. Like, last year, Boris two was terrible. Boris one was horrible, wasn't it? I hope yeah. Boris two's better. So I thought that was funny. And then another thing that that made me think of as well was how we do kind of do that, but with eras. So obviously we've got like, you know, Victorian times. Oh, right. Mm. Elizabethan times. Um, Queen Elizabeth, as far as I know, is in good health at the moment, but obviously mm. her time's ticking. And when she steps down uh, from her position, it, whether Charles or William take over, what is that era going to be called? Because I can't imagine, like Elizabethan rolls off the tongue, Georgian makes sense, but William and Charles, I can't imagine what the era will be called. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting, like, I guess the Charlesian, like, if that's even... Charleston, <laughs> Charleston maybe? Charleston. Yeah, maybe. But even, um, then, like, William, like, William... But as well, like, we, we, we don't really know, like, how history will judge, like, the monarchies, if that makes sense. So, like, obviously in, like, the 1800s and things, like, the monarchies yeah. were, were, like, crucial in, like, decision-making, and we sort of lived in a time where, like, governments weren't, I guess, the sole uh, upholder of progressive democracy but now obviously like the government takes center stage in, in regard to like law legislation and like what sort of laws uh we're going to be in and i guess as well we might even be like moving into like a technological phase so like i guess this is literally like this is the scientific age technically I, don't know, I, 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 just, I, just, I just mean in terms of like the monarch is how they describe their 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 tenure so obviously this but again mm. like elizabethan was like queen elizabeth the first so is this going to be like the second elizabethan era i guess yeah so yeah like it's like i said though like because we don't people don't necessarily value the role of the monarch no no but i just mean like no, yeah, no, but historians will still call their tenure or something so if, uh, if, yeah. if if charles is in charge for like 15 years that will still be his era and that'll be the 
don't know, mm. Charles, Charles Ian or Charles De Niro, regardless of what we call it, you know, and that's what I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah. But um, anyway, so that brought me on to um, the things named after other things, eponyms. So obviously, you know, you've got really like well-known ones like Tesla coil, you know, famous named after mm. Nikola Tesla, the Heimlich maneuver again. So it's like named yeah. after people who created or devised them. I've, I've put together a list of five eponyms that I found mm. particularly interesting and that had interesting stories behind them. So would you like to hear them, David? Yes, I would love to. Let's go. Okay, number one, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Do you know the story <laughs> about Bluetooth and who it's named after? I do not. I you know. Okay, actually, I actually, I, sorry, I feel like I really should know this, but... It's a pretty interesting story. So obviously Bluetooth is like in terms of you know technological revolution i think bluetooth is one of the like unsung heroes underrated for the past however many years i don't think people realize how much they rely on bluetooth you're using bluetooth headphones right now you know yeah i use my ps4 controllers bluetooth to my ps4 my earphones are bluetooth bluetooth is... yeah and, and as well like with the technology for like um covid tracing apps and things like that yeah, like exactly. that's, that's bluetooth, bluetooth required yeah right and that's just bluetooth's been a standard for a couple of decades now and it's not really changed much it's just a simple connection it's probably one of the only eponymous words that i think have been created in recent times but are named for someone over a thousand years ago mm-hmm. so in the 900s there was a norse king called harold gormson right the reason he his nickname so he had a dead tooth and people started calling him bluetooth which is a little bit harsh that they were giving him a nickname for his dead tooth <laughs> But he became mm. known as King Harold Bluetooth, right? A thousand years later, a new wireless technology was being developed by Jim Kardach from Intel, and he decided to call it Bluetooth in honor of the really, really, really late King Bluetooth, because King Bluetooth united Norway and Denmark under his rule. So because King Bluetooth connected countries oh, together, wow. this That's guy so decided cool. to call Bluetooth Bluetooth because it connects us. Yeah. Um, and even more interestingly, the Bluetooth symbol is actually a a combination of the two Nordic runes, which are um, the, the initials for the king's name. Oh my goodness, that's so interesting. So if you look at the Bluetooth symbol, it's a H yeah, I mean, and a B. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's it's a Nordic yeah, it's H and a B. Oh right, right, but, wow. You know, so it's the yeah, H yeah. and a B for Harold Bluetooth, and that's where the <laughs> name Bluetooth from the symbol comes from. That's um, that is so interesting. Exactly right. Number two, Caesar salad. Yeah. Can't assume. King Two questions for you. Yeah. Where do you think it yes. originated and who do you think it's named after? I, I would say Julius Caesar. Okay. You're wrong. Oh. Caesar salad is actually named after a restaurateur called Caesar Cardini, who created the salad in his mm-hmm. restaurant in Mexico in the year. Do you want to guess the year? Caesar salad, I reckon that's a really new phenomenon. Yeah. The Caesar salad. I'm going to say the 40s. Close, 1940s. Yeah. yeah, 1900s. It was. um. So this guy, Cesar Cardini, this is actually interesting. So he worked between mm. the US and Mexico, right? But because mm. of the prohibition, he prefer- he preferred working in Mexico, which is obvious, like, who would want to work in the US during prohibition when there's no alcohol, especially if you're running a restaurant. <laughs> and the story goes, on the 4th of July in 1924, so you were very close with the 40s, 4th of July rush, and it basically depleted all the kitchen supplies and sort of like a bubble and squeak of its day, he just created the salad out of everything he had in the kitchen. Yeah, so he made do with what he had and put it all together in a salad and it become known as the Caesar salad because people apparently loved it. I know because yeah, I think everyone just assumes, oh, Julius Caesar. And it's a common myth, but it's not true. Caesar card. That is so funny as well, because like, it's, it just happened to be like what he, what he had left as well. I know. Number three, boycott. 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 Mm. So uh, um, we, we all know what a boycott is. Like, oh, boycott mm. Amazon for mistreating their workers. Boycott mm. 
uh, I don't know, boycott Microsoft for closing MSN and stuff like that. So this word is named for an Irish land agent called Captain Charles C. Boycott, who basically got ostracised because he was a landlord and he tried kicking out some tenants who wanted their rent lowered because I think the, the, the tenants then, it was in Ireland in the 1800s, and the tenants were really unhappy with how high the rent was. So mm. they protested against the rent and he just tried to kick them out. And the whole community just completely turned their back on him. Everyone stopped working for him. Everyone stopped doing business with him. Even the postman stopped delivering his post. Um, So he basically got ostracized, but, you know, everyone was basically boycotting him. Around the time Mm. this happened, the term was basically being thrown around as a replacement of the concept of ostracizing someone. So these people had a conversation and were like, oh, we should call that to boycott, basically referencing that. In my research, I found that around the time, there was another phrase that people used in reference of ostracizing and boycotting, and it was to send to Coventry. (laughs) I don't really know why, but back in the 1800s, back in the 1800s, to send to Coventry would be to boycott or to ostracize someone. I really don't know. And I'm, I'm really coming through. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about Coventry. I've never been there. I don't know what was so bad about it in the 1800s. In the end, Captain Boycott ended up having to hire people from other counties in Ireland who also needed police escorts to come into and do business with him because no one wanted to let him, you know, succeed. And he ended mm-hmm. up costing himself like way more money than he would have even just, just by keeping yeah. the rent or if, if he lowered it you know he caused himself so much hassle and i really don't think it was worth it for him that's, that is so funny as well like because the word because the word boycott implies like a success of like a, a success from it um yeah, or like so. a or like the, a common goal yeah but like he was literally just doing it for economic value whereas like yeah. now i guess yeah, like, the whole town boycotted him and i guess they succeeded ex- exactly yeah lost out. right number four cardigan 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 I, I would assume right card like cardi is like the original word that would be my guess okay you're looking, I don't know. You're, you're looking i don't blame you for having that thought process because it's an interesting one but you're looking way too into it mm. basically the cardigan is named after the seventh earl of cardigan who was the leader of, <laughs> he was the leader of a, of a battalion in the Crimean war and just to just to clear that up quickly cardigan um so in the, I think, 14 or 1500s, people that showed their allegiance to the king at the time basically got made a, an earl of like certain places around the United Kingdom. And there was a place in Wales called Cardigan. And even though this guy lived nowhere near Wales, he basically got made an earl of Cardigan. And then right. his, family, his family lineage continued. And then we have the seventh earl of Cardigan. Wait, so is, wait, so is Cardigan actually a place in Wales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that place in Wales isn't the reason that it's called the cardigan it's just because oh right this guy the earl of cardigan but he did he didn't even do anything it's just because his family lineage had the first earl who pledged his allegiance to the king and as a reward got named an earl of cardigan mm. because it was just like there are so mm. many places in the uk it was just like a really obsolete title just to make them feel special and in fact there, so is, there is an earl of cardigan alive today he's like the 11th or 12th or something <laughs> he got done for like driving or something like last year but anyway, back to the clothing. So basically, the Earl of Cardigan, he led his troops um, into battle during the Crimean War, right? And this is the rabbit hole, by the way. This gets really interesting after. Basically, the, the, the clothes that they wore were modelled after the knitted wool waistcoats that the British uh, officers wore in the battle. Mm. Um, like the long tail coats, right? Uh, the Earl of Cardigan's popularity skyrocketed. You know, he became so popular after they uh, won the battle that mm-hmm. everyone else started wearing the cardigan. But how did he come up with the cardigan, you ask? Firstly, the Wikipedia article for him mentions that, quote, 
His progression through the army was marked by many episodes of extraordinary incompetence. So apparently this guy was like extremely incompetent. Basically, it sounds like he just fell upwards. Like he managed to win this battle, but he was just completely stupid. The way he created the cardigan was he was wearing a tail coat and the tails of the coat got burnt off in a fireplace because he was standing too close to it. And that's what created the cardigan, basically, because he was wearing a wool, he was wearing a wool coat, yeah. but then the tails got burnt off. And then he, for some reason, decided to wear that into battle. He didn't think, oh, shit, my thing's like half burnt. I'm going to change. He thought, no, I'm going to go into battle with my tail coats burnt off. And then everyone saw what he was wearing and thought, wow, look at that guy. He's, he's, he's won the battle. What an amazing guy. And then that popped That is so up. funny as well, because that's like a... That's technically like a fashion like revolution. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like getting rid of tailcoats, like the, the tail on like oh, items of clothing. Do you know what the battle in this Crimean War was called? I don't. You're gonna love this. It was called the Battle of Balaclava, and the Balaclava <laughs> apparently comes from this, originates from this battle as well. What? This is literally like the like the the, it's, it's the, the start origin, of it's, fashion. It's, 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 it's the OG fashion battle, right? <laughs> So from, from this battle in the Crimean War... Nike versus the Adidas. Yeah, this really, really is. So from, from this battle, we got the cardigan and the balaclava, which is just amazing. <laughs> like, how Wait, mad of a coincidence is that? And, and did the, uh, the other side come with, like, balaclavas? Or, like, I assume like, so, the same? where they fought in Crimea, like, the soldiers there, like, wore balaclavas because it was so flipping cold. So balaclavas versus... Cardigans. Cardigans, who wins? Who, who actually won the battle, by the way? Uh, the, the other cardigan. Cardigan. Yeah, the Balaclava Blues loses. So on to <laughs> That's the amazing. Five, Tupperware. 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 This is actually something I learned myself sort of, I say recently, is in the last year. I honestly thought Tupperware was just like a general term for like plates, dishes, stuff like that. But it's actually It's just not. a plastic container, isn't it? Well, that's what I thought. I thought it was just like a general, general term, but it's not. So basically, in 1907, there was a guy called Earl Tupper. Earl was his mm. real name, by the way, not like the Earl of Cardigan. This was actually your guy, Earl. <laughs> yeah, so this guy called Earl Tupper just created the brand Tupperware, and it's just his own company that made what we call Tupperware now. And I found this interesting because this is a huge example of words becoming generalized, like brand names becoming generalized, like Hoover. And um, Velcro as well. And Velcro, so. exactly. Hoover even more so because it's like someone's name. Yeah, I honestly thought that Tupperware was just a general term for dishes and containers, and I found it really interesting. And I think it will be cool that I'll probably do in another episode to talk more about words that have become generalized and copyright words that have become mm. part of everyday language that was my five pieces but lastly there's a bonus one okay i've got some sad news david what? there is no o'neill oh so, what no like, whilst me and david were at uni, we <laughs> loved going to the pub called o'neill's oh my god we spent like every other day there for football or Whoa. after we were hungover after a night out any, anything we do, we go, let's go to O'Neill's, get a pint. So I thought, okay, what's one of my favourite memorable things that is an eponym, O'Neill's? I looked it up and there is no O'Neill. It's like an anti-eponym, like Weatherspoons isn't named after anyone, really. So No, Weatherspoons isn't named after someone. No, it but I mean, it's, it's not named after, like JD Weatherspoon isn't really a person, is it? It's like... It's, 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 it was his teacher, wasn't it? Was his it? Teacher, I think. Yeah, but I, I thought yeah. Weatherspoon was just a surname. But Okay, so it kind of is an eponym. Okay, mm. but still... There is no O'Neill. So I looked it up and I thought, oh, mate, I know, I thought, oh, it must be like some old like stereotyping Irish pub chain that's like become mm. big. But no, it's not. There's a big pub chain called Bass. And in 1994, they just decided to create O'Neill's. And I thought, wow. It literally, it literally changed from Bass to O'Neill's. No, no, no. So like the chain, the pub chain is called Bass. So they're like a. Oh, right. They, they like create other pub chains, you know? They like. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Oh, that's such. So, oh, know, that's ridiculous. That's man. so annoying. In the O'Neill's in Portsmouth, where we went to university on the side of it it's got stuff on there like oh 
17th century whiskey was great. so much about history yeah. yeah and i was like oh that's so cool maybe there's gonna be something interesting and it was just no some mm. some some boring blokes in suits just had a meeting and thought right new pub chain o'neill's god that is so talk about cultural appropriation you know that, that really is so it is cultural appropriation it's, 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 it's sort of like we've discovered like there's no in like modern day there is <laughs> no, no there's no like history it's just people coming up with things it's that's, like that's why the incessive need for thought and like reason behind things that's why i thought bluetooth was kind of cool because they actually put thought into it and it actually has a meaning that makes sense yeah you know but um yeah so that's my five plus bonus eponyms and mm. next episode i'll do another anim and give you five more interesting facts so to close um, up the show we decided to talk about slang and dialect which you thought sorry was interesting and i think it's cool too and i did some research again and found some interesting slang quickly i just want to say that slang as the definition referred to vocabulary of low or disreputable people so again it's interesting how the meaning went from basically like peasant talk to just the general term for different words in different languages yeah it's a working class revolution yeah absolutely it's literally, it's literally just yeah so do you want to no, talk so, about your slang? yeah i just um i was just going to use pompey slang like okay, nice. more, more uh so which is where, obviously it. like luca said is um where, where me and luca uh, studied uh, at university mm-hmm. but it's also where a large proportion of my family come from and i um the one that i really wanted to go over was um the one that i, I guess i probably use the most is um skate uh, so skate is the type of fish that sailors c- c- caught in portsmouth so like it's it's literally just the fish and like they they caught the fish and like would obviously go and sell it apparently uh, I, and i don't know how true or false this is uh, the sailors who caught the skate would have sex with the fish oh god that, that's, and, that's not true though like, well well, well, that, well that's a legend uh, well yeah that's up to the imagination of the uh, of the listeners the word skate is just this this horrible this horrible term we used for the sailors who work in portsmouth so so these s- sailors were just called skates often by people from southampton scholars uh, the, the rivals of portsmouth uh, yeah, especially in losers. sporting terms um uh, and I, I'm a Portsmouth fan, so yeah, they are nicknamed the Scummers as well. Yeah. So th- these these sailors were called skates um, by Southampton, predominantly people from Southampton, and it was like demonised as a as a bad word for like people who literally had sex mm-hmm. with fish, and that's that's the myth anyway. And then from from there, the word skate bait would um would like derive, mm-hmm. which which and skate bait is essentially. It's like a, a woman who like seeks like male attention or like sailors' attention. It's just like the sailors who, <laughs> who who like are looking for like women like by the docks, and like I guess it would be in in like in line with like prostitution. Um, and it's just like the women who want like to have sex with the sailors. Basically, I guess that's like a derogatory term for like some women like who are like going out nowadays so like people not, say not oh look year, that... pardon not this year yeah no in <laughs> in, in previous year, years when you might have been able to <laughs> back in the day go, yeah life. go out um yeah so so, so like, that was my slang word and it's just like really interesting how like just just the fish has been like completely demonized yeah um, so I misunderstood this task a bit. I thought we were finding out a, a whole slang rather than just one word. So I over-researched a bit. The slang I found out about was called the thieves' cant, which was used by, spelt as in like can't, <laughs> like say and 
Thieves Camp. It was used by thieves, beggars and hustlers of various kinds in Great Britain and to a lesser extent in other English speaking countries in like the 1500s. Okay, so yeah, basically sort of like a Cockney kind of thing, right? Just basically their own language, of, well, not, not language, but their own slang or dialect they created to talk freely without other people realising what they were talking about. So they could talk to one another and someone wouldn't overhear them. It's, like, like, it's like code, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, so I found a website which gave me a cool list of thieves can't words so i'll just go through them quickly so for example a ken is a house right right and a about ken. A ken, like k-e-n and a bowsing ken is an ale house okay right so where does that come from I, I don't know i didn't i didn't look enough into oh, right. it <laughs> so what, what do you think a snoozing ken is <laughs> um a snoozing ken yeah uh, like i would guess oh a graveyard no a brothel Oh my god! <laughs> of course, I know. And then um, Mort was woman, and Cove was man. Backstab uh, a sh- shoulder shoulder tap was a back was to backstab someone. What do you think tuck in bed meant? If you if you Wait. ever heard a thief in the 1500s say that they were going to tuck tuck someone in bed or tuck you in bed, what do you think it's they meant? Probably kill me. Close. Knock unconscious. So then, this is like where put, put them to sleep comes from, I guess. Yeah, exactly, right, along those lines. Okay, there were mm. 10 different cants for the word still. <laughs> bite, bite the blow, borrow, cloy, curbing law, heave, hoist, lift, nim, and pradlay. Um, and what do they mean, sorry? To, to steal. Oh, right, okay. So they're, just, they're just different slangs to, to steal. Mm. How many cants do you think there were for the word thief? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I guess, like, infinite, technically, because you can just... <laughs> or, like, okay, pop- popularised by the okay. band. Well, yeah, of course. Um, I reckon there's over 100. 55. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I was not going to read them all out, but some of the highlights. Napper of Naps. <laughs> Captain Sharp. <laughs> Adam Tyler, for some reason. Clank Napper. And my favourite one. <laughs> Robert's Men. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if um if you if you were living in the 1500s and you heard someone talking about Robert's men, then they were just talking about thieves. And <laughs> the last nappers, camp, nappers nap, nappers, baby, nappers, so nappers nap. Stupid. The last camp that I decided to talk about, which was just the stupidest, stupidest one ever. What do you think? Okay, so look, you've got all these like really interesting names, right? Bowsing Ken is an hour house. Pat pa- Patrico was priest. Bene was good. Lag was water. Autumn was church, you know, all these different mm-hmm. words. Like, come on, like you've got like napper of naps for a thief. So what do you think the camp was for a wall? Like, as in like a wall, like four walls for a house? I, I can't tell you. There's probably, okay. it might just be wall to be fair. No, tilted floor. <laughs> like how fucking stupid is that? I'm sorry. It's like These people have come up with so many interesting and special secret words and a wall is just a tilted floor. Like, hmm, wonder what they're possibly talking about. Oh, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I shoulder tapped that person the other day and I've, I've, I've hidden the treasure in the tilted no. floor. Like, oh, wow, I wonder, wonder where that could possibly be. <laughs> Congratulations, thieves of the 1500s, you're idiots. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, trying, trying to, like, decode awesome. that, like, in the 1500s and, like, really hard. not knowing what it is? I know. Like, hmm, tilted floor, hmm, I wonder what that is. I know. 
but yeah, no, I, I did enjoy learning about thieves camp and <laughs> hopefully I never have to use it. But if I bump into a group of thieves and hear that, then I know what they're talking about. So lucky me. That's all I've got time for today, but we'll definitely do it again next week. Um, yeah, I think, I think that was, I learned a lot of interesting things. What was your favourite thing that you learned today? I genuinely think this serial was incredibly, incredibly interesting yeah, just because of like, how like location and like things move about the world. I find that really interesting. Yeah. My favourite thing was to learn was about uh, the football club nickname. I thought that was a really cool story because, like I said, f- football clubs in England do have interesting nickname stories, but usually it's just about the heritage of the club and, like, you know, to, like for West Ham are the, are the Irons mm. because they used to be Thames Ironworks and that's it, you know. Chelsea are the Blues because, you know, they were a blue shirt. Yeah, the Red Devils as well as a prominent Red one. Devils, yeah. Obviously, yeah, so I found that very interesting. So thank you, David. Mm. Right, well, that's all we've got time for here on the uh, on the uh, morph- morphism podcast. I've got to get that right now. Morphology podcast. Oh I'm, my pretty sure, I'm pretty sure morphism is like a kind of disease. I mean, look at that. Oh no! Oh, yeah, that, that would be really morph- embarrassing. If morphism I... is like it's science of mathematics. Morphology. This is, I need this to get is, that. This head. is not a mathematics podcast, everyone. Don't worry. Yeah, as, you, as you've obviously already listened to yeah, yeah you've been listening to this <laughs> you've got this far like you know it's not a maths podcast for maths. Oh, that? <laughs> uh, maybe one day no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. right thanks everyone yeah, for tuning yeah, to the morphology podcast yeah and we'll, be uh, back and we'll see you next time yeah thanks everyone cool bye bye